Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. Hey, I'm Joel Brzezinski along with Mike Kapler, the Cap. And we're getting set to chat about God's goodness and God's grace, something that really, really needs to be highlighted in the church today. If you're new to this podcast, or if you've been listening for some time, I don't know what kind of background you've you've had in the church, but I do know that there is so much bad news being preached out there that really isn't the gospel, and we're here to bring you some good news. And it's not just stuff that we're trying to make up to make you feel good about God, but we really do believe that this is the truth of the gospel that we're sharing here on Growing in Grace. So uh, we'll get into some, to some good news today, and uh, Cap... What's up with you this week? Well, you should walk away from our podcast encouraged. I think that's what's up this week, Joel. <laughs> I, think, I think, and it should be that way when you gather together with believers at, at any time, exactly. wherever that may be, a church or after a, one of Joel's coffee sit-downs that he has. <laughs> that's uh, and coffee and bacon. <laughs> coffee. You dip your bacon in coffee, don't I, you? I've never tried that, but something about that just <laughs> sounds right. Just below the gospel here level. We're talk- <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. So, I mean, this is it. I mean, the, the gospel should be an encouragement. And you use the word grace. Of course, that's part of our program, Growing in Grace. But a lot of times people experience disgrace when they gather with other believers in church or you know they hear a message being taught by a minister and and, and I'm not trying to come down on on preachers because man I I spent a lot of years in Christian radio and I know what some of these people go through and it's not all that good mm-hmm. they they've got the, their challenge trying to lead a flock of people and a lot of them are are religious and you know they they don't make it easy on the pastor sometimes, but you know a lot of a lot of teachers of the Bible out there are just passing along what they've been taught. They're just parroting what they've learned, and it makes sense to them. But hopefully, we can shed a little bit of a different angle, a different light than what religion has taught us about what the gospel really is, and it's good news. Yeah, that's really all we're trying to do is to, to encourage people. We've said plenty of times we don't have all the answers. We're not always going to be right about everything. But we do try to pass on what will be encouraging for people in their walk with Jesus, because I wrote a blog post about this one time, and and I think that so many people don't want to come to Jesus because they picture him as this guy who's just wagging his finger at him, just waiting for them to mess up so he can correct them, so he can condemn them, and all that stuff. Whereas, in reality, Jesus is just the opposite of that, and we've got a... uh, a Bible story here, a quick uh, story that actually happened uh, in the life of Jesus as he was walking on the earth to hopefully illustrate that that's not what Jesus was about. And I'll uh, pass it back to you, Cap. Well, the story is in John chapter 8, one that most of us are familiar with. We've heard about it in one way, shape, or form. It's uh, the woman that was caught in the act of adultery, and people came to Jesus, the religious folks, the Pharisees, and others, and And they said, hey, this woman was caught in in the act of adultery. What should we do? Of course, the scribes and Pharisees were trying to trap Jesus. But she was caught in the act of adultery. And uh, what what should we do? Because they're trying to get Jesus 
to do something that goes against the law so they can accuse him in front of everybody of blasphemy and, and that sort of thing. And then we know the story, though, Joel. I mean, they, they're they ready to throw the rocks at her, to stone her to death. Now, Moses, in the law, commands us that such as this woman should be stoned. Uh, but what do you say? And uh, they said this, testing him, as I said before. So when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to them, and of course, Jesus was writing in the dirt, you know. He said, he who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. And then he stooped down and wrote on the ground some more. And then those who heard it, the New King James says, being convicted by their conscience, some translations leave that out. They went out one by one, beginning with the oldest, which is kind of interesting. <laughs> mm. I guess the more sins you have, the faster you leave. You I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> beginning with the oldest, even to the last, and Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. And Jesus had raised himself up and saw the woman there, and he said to her, Woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? And she said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Joel, if, if we were watching, if this was going to be a movie and we were watching previews for it, the religious folks, the, the preview that you would see in this movie is go and sin no more. <laughs> you, you go into church and you hear this story, and usually that's the highlight of the story. And that's a good word from Jesus, but that's really not the point of the story if we look at it close enough. Yeah, I think you're right, and I think about it too. Just think if this were really, if something like this would happen in the church today. You know, somebody gets caught doing some sin, whether it's adultery or something else, and the people who find out about this, what is their reaction often in the church? Well, there's a lot of times a lot of, not necessarily, you know, they don't pick up literal stones and throw them at people. They'd go right to jail for that, but in a figurative sense, they'll throw stones, judging the person, condemning the person, putting that person down for being a sinner, you know, accusing that person of, of sin. And if only Jesus were able to walk into some of these churches or some of these settings in which people are going around accusing each other, how awesome would that be if he could just say these few little words, he who is without sin among you, and just let that sink in, <laughs> he who is without sin among you, let that person judge and condemn this person. A lot of times, I think it is, I think you, you picked up on something there, but a lot of times the older ones with more of a history, more wisdom, they realize, you know what, that's true, I'm not without sin, so I should really drop my stones. And um, the accusers, the people who would be accusing the person of whatever sin they were caught in, would leave one by one. And Jesus would be standing there with the person in the middle of a church saying, Where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? Neither do I condemn you. And of course, that good word, which isn't the highlight of the story, go and sin no more. It's a good word. You know, if, if you've been doing something that isn't good, that isn't right, sure, that is a really good word. Go and don't do that anymore. It's not helping you or it's not, it's not helping anybody else. But the highlight, as you say, the accusers realizing that they're no better than anybody else, they walked away. And Jesus says, neither do I condemn you. That's really good stuff. Well, it is, because, I mean, here they were trying to trap Jesus with the law, really, and Jesus used it against them so masterfully. They just, you know, one by one, they're just walking out. 
starting with the oldest, probably dropping their rocks, I suppose, as they're walking along. So th this is huge. I mean, I think there's a, a connection here that isn't made by people who don't understand the gospel. And you'll have to go back about 30 programs and, you know, listen from there till now to get uh, what I'm trying to tell you. But I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> because, because we've been talking about so many things relating to the, to the law and, and now that we're under grace and those kinds of things. But what's interesting, though, is he referred to them as accusers. And, Joel, I, I just looked up real quickly when I thought of this story. I looked up the word accuser in a concordance in the New Testament, and there's approximately around 21 references or so. And almost every time, just about every single reference to the word accuser or being accused, it's the people who were zealous for the law, like the scribes and Pharisees, those who held dear to the commandments of Moses, and they, they used this law to whip people with it, with condemnation, guilt, accusations, because to be accused is just simply to be uh, declared that you've done some wrongdoing. You are being accused of doing something wrong. That's what these accusers did. But they were law people, Joel. They were those who were self-righteous, who couldn't follow the commandments themselves. Yeah, and I got out my own concordance. Did you realize you said that, concordance? No, I knew it didn't come out right. <laughs> it but was, I you figured, know, ah, what the heck. The laws and concordances. <laughs> of, anyway. <laughs> well, I knew it had something to do with ordinances, and I think I got them mixed up. Yeah, and what's great about all this is that as I was saying a little while ago, and a lot of people think that Jesus is the one who's out to accuse. And, uh, you know, this story that we just read was from John 8, and just a few chapters earlier in John 5, Jesus says this to some people. You know, he says, um, do not think that I shall accuse you to the Father. This is one of those references that you found, Cap. John five forty five. Jesus speaking, do not think that I shall accuse you to the Father. There is one who accuses you. And guess who it is who does the accusing? If uh, a person is new to this uh, type of thinking or to this type of scripture, or to the, this particular scripture, it's Moses, Jesus says, Moses, in whom you trust. So he's telling people that these people who are trusting in the law, and when he says it's Moses in whom you trust, he's talking about the law, that is where the accusation comes from. And Jesus goes on to say, For if you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote about me. And of course, in the law and the prophets, all of that point to Jesus. But if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words? Jesus here was saying that, hey, I didn't come to you to accuse. Something has already been doing that. That was the purpose of the law. The law was set up to make people guilty. The law was set up to condemn. That has already been going on. And Jesus is saying... Now, I am here. I'm not here to accuse you. I am here to set you free from sin. I am here to make sure that there is no condemnation for you. That's what Jesus is all about. Yeah, I mean, there, in, Reve in Revelation, there, there, there's a phrase used called the accuser of the brethren, referring to the devil, the accuser of the brethren. But in almost all the references regarding accusation, accuser, being accused— are people zealous for the law, trying to bring condemnation on others by accusing them of wrongdoing. This is a gospel that is not about right doing or wrongdoing. It's about right being. It's not about changing to do the right things. It's about the exchange that took place 
for Jesus Christ providing righteousness for us instead of us trying to establish our own self-righteousness. So that is an amazing scripture there in John 5 that you just went through, Joel. Yeah, and uh, to wrap it up here, I mean, Paul wrote about this thing, there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. He says, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. And as we've talked about over the past uh, several weeks, the law of sin and death is the law of Moses. Amazing how all of this stuff fits together, Cap, isn't it? Well, and the thing is, if, if you're going to be accused of something, unfortunately, it's probably going to be by the religious people. Uh, the good news is Jesus redeemed us even from the accusers. Yes, indeed, Cap, that's the truth. And, you know, the thing about the accusers, people who like to accuse others, is the thing that they stand on is usually the law or it's their own set of rules. It's it's really self-righteousness that they stand on rather than the gift of God's righteousness that's been given to us freely. And so next week, we'll be talking a little bit about that. Our new nature of righteousness that's been given to us as a gift as opposed to self-righteousness, us trying to earn our own righteousness. That's coming up next week right here on Growing in Grace at growingingrace.org. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski, heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.